Hello and welcome to another episode of The Advantage. I am your host, Michael Fiddle. Today is Friday, December 1st, and on today's podcast, we are joined by Gibby Graves, and we are breaking down the NFL Week 13 board. We are going to go through best bets, and we are going to break down the entire DFS slate, giving you guys high-spend options, mid-tiers, and value plays, and we'll culminate with a little bit of a core four. Before I bring in Gabe, let me remind everyone to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on whatever platform you are listening to, to check out the YouTube feed so you can actually see us and you can see our shared screens as we go through it. It's kind of an easy and fun way to watch and track all the information. To sign up for my Substack, the fiddlespicks.substack.com, I send out best bets, free giveaways. Tons of uh, weekly emails get you loaded up and aware of the betting market. And then finally, find me on Twitter or X at Fiddles Picks or sign up for the Fantasy Basketball International Discord channel if you want access to all of my basketball content as well. Okay, let's bring in Gib. Gib, I just did our normal housekeeping and promo stuff. I always forget to do it, so I had to do it today. Um, first off, how you doing? Welcome back. I'm good. Uh, you know, great Thursday night football last night. Uh, really happy about the outcome. My boy DK coming up big uh, for the fantasy team and for my personal bets. So big, big, big day for me last night. Do you see his touchdown celebrations? I did. I mean, I saw them. I, I had read about them earlier in the week, uh, and I thought that was pretty cool. It's, it's a way to, you know. Distinguish yourself, go a little above and beyond for uh, the trash talking. I'm here for it. So for people who don't know, DK Metcalf has been scoring touchdowns and then giving sign language to the camera to talk shit instead of actually doing it with his mouth. So last night he scored three touchdowns. And after every one, he starts doing the sign language, which uh, according to the internet uh, translations meant standing on business. I can't uh, read sign language, so uh, you're going to have to take the Twitter comments consensus word for that one. Uh, Gib, we're going to go through best bets. We're going to go through the DFS board. We're going to break it all down. Um, Let's get straight into it. Do you have a specific best bet that you want to give out right at the top of the show? Best bet this week. Um, There's one player in particular that I am betting on big this week. I think he's going to have a big week. Had a pretty big week last week, and I think he's going to continue that based off game script. Wait, 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 wait. I really want to guess it. Guess it. Jalen Waddle. Nah. Not Jalen Waddle. It's a running running back. Is it it my boy Kyron? Mm -mm. All right. hit, hit Hit us with it. I'm going with Bijan Robinson. Okay, against the, great one against the Jets. I think uh, I don't. I don't like the Jets' quarterback situation, obviously. Um, and I think that the Falcons are going to be playing with the lead. And Bijan, you know, last week looked really, really good. And I think hopefully Arthur Smith doesn't screw this up. But I think he's going to start to get him the rock a little bit. Uh, and so I have Bijan Robinson both over 60 yards rushing and. For a touchdown, and I think that comes out to two plus two fifty. Uh, if nice I parlay those, parlay. yeah. All I need is one breakout run, and then kind of like DK last night with the seventy-three yard touchy. I think it would also be an interesting situation to kind of ladder those props too. Like, could we also take over seventy yards at plus one thirty-four, eighty yards plus one ninety-four, ninety yards plus two seventy for Bijan? So. 
They're really starting to give him the rock. A hundred yards for Bijan is almost four to one payout rushing yards. So I think that becomes very interesting. I like selling points and laddering up these props. I'm happy you started us off with a prop. That's not normally how this show goes. Let me uh, throw back to you a few spreads and you let me know what you think of these. Uh, okay. I am 100% gazillion percent on the Denver Broncos plus three and a half. Uh, I got it at minus 115. You could still get it pretty much everywhere. It's, I think it's minus 118 at DraftKings. I'm seeing it at FanDuel minus 122 now. So you're you're paying a lot for that hook and the VIG. It, it is starting to get a bit pricey. But Broncos are playing in Houston against the Texans. Broncos have been starting to really come on strong. They're really what they're doing, Gib, is they're taking the points. They're kicking field goals. They're not going forward on fourth down. They're taking three and playing good D. So Sean Payton has really got this team playing a good brand of football. Uh, I think that what are they on? They're on a five game winning streak coming into this game. Clear sharp money on the Denver side, and we're getting the 3.5 hook. The biggest key to me here, and I'll reiterate this a few times throughout the pod, is the injuries that we could play into. This Texans team is so banged up, and I just don't think they're going to be able to sustain. I think you have a rookie quarterback. I think you have rookie weapons. I think you have a run, a young running back in Pierce. I think Singletary might even be one of the guys who's banged up this week. So for all these reasons, I don't think we could trust a rookie head coach, a rookie quarterback, and all this components to deal with all these injuries going against a very veteran-laden squad, very veteran coach with the 3.5 on the hook coming off of a five-game win streak. To me, this screams a nice Broncos situation. I I I agree. I also like that the the money line there for the Broncos at plus one forty plus one forty two. I think that's a nice take take the take the extra the value that you get there for the money line there. I like that. I have I hundred percent agree. Let's quickly strategize that concept one bit. If you're going to also take if you're going to take the the underdog plus points on a spread, and you're going to take the points. And then you also want to play that money line for a little escalator. My question to you, Gib, is how do you decide how to balance your unit exposure between the two? How are you splitting your percentages? We don't need to determine whether it's one unit or two unit. Let's just work off of you have a 100% bet position on this game. How much of that goes to spread versus money line? Are you splitting it up 50-50? Because that way, if they end up covering the spread but losing the money line, you're just break even. Are you doing yeah. it like little, you know, two thirds, one third, so that you could still be profitable if they lose by three? How would you choose? It's kind of a personal preference thing. How would you choose to go about that? Uh, I think it would depend on the game and how confident I am on like whether or not they can actually win the game. So this game yep. here uh, in particular, I am confident the Broncos are going to win this. So I think I'm going to go 100%. Honestly, with my exposure to this game, with the money line. Uh, oh, you wouldn't lose, even take the three and a half. I'm going straight money that's, line. That's very interesting because you're also paying minus 122 for that three and a half. Yeah. So it's a so pricey I, spread to pay versus then just taking, I mean, it's a, it's a difference of 60 cents on the dollar. It's a big difference going from minus 122 to plus 142. Yeah. Um, and very so, interesting. Yeah, I think for the I, and there are other games that I wouldn't I, I would split it up a little bit more if I'm not super confident in it. But for something like this, where like I feel good about game scripts, I feel good about you know 
the game itself and thinking that the underdog here is going to win, I'll go 100%. And, you know, not I'm not going to second-guess myself. All right, let's go over to one more that I have a plus 5.5 bet on the spread. And let's mm. kind of use the same theory because plus 5.5 is really sitting in no man's land, right? It, uh, the plus five is irrelevant. It's not getting out to plus minus six on this game. It's the Carolina Panthers. It's Bryce Young having a little coach firing bounce back game with Frank Reich out of the building. Uh, I think you noticed that I snagged up Bryce Young in fantasy, so my opponent can't play him with his Josh Allen bye this week. Are you with me in Panthers coach firing boost uh, syndrome? I'm seeing 27% of the bets on the Panthers side, but 40% of the money. So clear, sharp action on the side, a little bit of reverse line movement. If we consider most of the bets and the money are on the Buccaneers in this game, but the line is still moving towards the Panthers. That's a very uh, red flag from the sports book. That makes me say the sports book is actually positioning themselves with the Carolina Panthers this week. So that's what I certainly want to do too, as a better mm-hmm. sitting at plus 5.5 is complete. No man's land sitting at plus 205 in the money line is, is a nice boosted payout. I'll ask you the same question. If you were interested in Panthers, well, first off, are you at all interested in Panthers? And then how would you split up a plus 5.5 and a plus 205? I typically love a team post-coach firing. I think there's always something that the player's a little bit more, you know, pumped up for the game. But I don't think that Carolina, like when uh, the Raiders had it this season with Antonio Pierce, I don't think the Panthers have the talent that that is going to matter as much. I don't love... I don't love the Panthers money line here. I think like they may keep it close. They may have it be a closer game because of the, the coaches, uh, the coach firing, but I still like the the Buccaneers here. If I'm going to go with a money line, uh, I would go, I would go Buccaneers. Uh, but I, I, the spread, the five and a half, it'd be interesting to do like a five and a half spread for the Panthers money line bucks. I hate that. You hate it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because then you're you're opening this Polish middle around so many important key numbers in football that, like, if it's within a touchdown game, you're probably losing both. Of, you you could protect. Ah, well, no, you'd win. Oh, you're saying Panthers plus five. I got it. I got it. Sorry. I thought you were saying the other way around where you're creating multiple losing numbers, but you could take the plus 5.5 and the minus 250. And then you could potentially middle it with a three point game in which you win both bets. Okay. That's way more acceptable. Sorry. No, I don't hate that as much. I don't think it's the best value play. I think if you grabbed one, like if you grabbed the plus 5.5 and then it moved to say 4.5 or four, and then you were getting a reduced money line to pair on the other side, then it would have some inherent value. I don't love doing it with the given prices when the lines are currently where they are. I'm also on two favorites, Gib, but I'll give you the chance to chime in. Do you have any other best bets that you have for this week? Best bets. Um, I like, uh, I, I mentioned them before, but I like the Falcons um, money line. Uh, they're minus one and a half. I like the money line here uh, for minus 130. Um that's, I'm seeing it on FanDuel, but I don't know if DraftKings. Yep. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I um, like that. I mean, the Jets are an abject disaster right now. So the, Fal- the yeah, Falcons I mean, are really playing for something too. Thirty-three and a half points. That is that is comically low. Look at these so totals: thirty-six and a half, thirty-three. <laughs> like no, or do we have anything in the fifties? Chargers at forty point five. That is pathetic for a Justin Herbert led team. 
fire that coach immediately, go hire the coach that he's playing against. And you hear this rumors that Belichick is going to the Chargers next year? Yeah, I've read it. I've seen it. I've seen uh, I've seen Twitter rumblings. Twitter's always all over that. They're going to trade trade for him. What do you think the trade would they have to give up at first? Is it going to be a trade for him? Is that what you've read? Yeah, there's no way that the the Patriots would just be like, "Nah, you can just have him." Like we're going to fire this guy. There's no way. They'd have to trade him. Interesting. Or would it be like a gesture of goodwill from Kraft to Belichick to be like, "Okay, you can go where you want and we're not going to take a piece of your new team on the way out. I don't know. That's very interesting. Uh, let's go over the two favorites that I'm on. Uh, okay. I got Detroit Lions at the minus four. It's now at minus 4.5. That is a relatively significant hook. Uh, four is an important NFL number because it's the difference between a touchdown and a field goal. Uh, so yep. we often see, you know, a 17-13 situation, a, a 31-27 situation. So these are very common outcomes at the four. So the minus 4.5 definitely reduces some of the value. I wish I had grabbed this at the 3.5, but uh, this Saints team is just looks looks bad right now. Like, I, I was very high on the Saints coming into the season, and I think I'm just starting to move the other direction. There's a lot of smart money on this. It's, it's, the, it's the Lions who play very well in domes and very well at home. Now they travel to New Orleans where they play – on the in a short travel situation where they also still play in a dome. So I think for that reason, like the weather and the impacts of this game on golf is going to be very minimal or there won't be any impacts. He's going to be playing in a very comfortable environment for him. We're seeing 79% of the money on the Detroit Lions. This is potentially going to keep moving out. Uh, I'm okay with riding the Lions after how bad they looked on Thanksgiving, considering they have what? 10 days rest coming into this game and are probably the much better team here. Yeah, no, I, uh, I don't have much to add there. I, I agree with you. I don't, I don't like the saints at all. Uh, and I do think the lions will bounce back from, from, from Thanksgiving. I don't think they looked good on Thanksgiving, but I think they're, they're just a better team. Let's get, let's get David Montgomery, two or three touchdowns. I know we could both root for that. The last one, Gib is 49ers Eagles. And this one Ooh. is another one. I grabbed it at, 1.5 it quickly moved to 2.5 the sharps in the market swooped up that 1.5 uh there's been 2.5s there's been threes it's going to stick at this number so there's not much value still in this game it's probably one of the games of the year here how do you feel 49ers eagles do you have a any bet positions do you like or dislike my 49ers minus 1.5 would you still play the 2.5 who do you think wins this, uh, super, uh, I guess, Super Bowl NFC preview? I've been going back and forth on this game because the, the last two games I've watched of the 49ers, they looked unbelievable. But the Eagles are still the Eagles. And Jalen Hurts has been playing like an MVP. I think his MVP is on the line tonight, like during for that game. And for that reason... I kind of like the Eagles here, and I would take a money line here. I would take it money line to get the plus 135, or I'm not sure what FanDuel has it at. What do they have it at? Plus 130, but yeah, definitely line yeah. up. I could find the best line while you're talking. Yeah, I'm, I, I was on Caesars looking. It was plus 135. Um, I, I I just think that they, they're a great team, and we'll see if, if – uh, what was I talking to you about uh, the the middle linebacker of San Francisco? If he can if he can limit the running for Jalen Hurts, 
uh, slow them down a little bit. But I don't think so. I think that I think the Eagles are going to come out and ball and prove that they're the best team in the league. So uh, the reason why I'm on the 49ers side is another injury game. So I know I spoke about okay. this when I talked about the uh, Broncos going against the Texans. If we were going to say the main reason why the Philadelphia Eagles beat the 49ers last year in the playoffs is because they lost Fred Warner, that middle linebacker that you were talking about, was dealt with a separated shoulder. Uh, Brock Purdy had the UCL injury. The backup quarterback, uh, who was it, Josh Johnson, ended up getting concussed on like the second or third play, hitting his head against the turf. So they really couldn't throw the ball. And then Purdy played but couldn't literally grip the ball and throw it forward. So they ran like 30 times in a row. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna say this kind of goes the exact opposite way, where it's the Eagles who are dealing with tons of injuries this week. Uh, I think AJ Brown and Devonta Smith are both on the injury report. We know Jalen Hurts has been dealing with that knee injury. I think the Eagles have been a little more forthcoming this week, saying, "Yeah, like he's actually been dealing with this since week six. I don't know if that's pre-juicing some excuses. The Eagles just had a comeback win against the Chiefs and the Bills and including a 59 yard kick in the rain to make that happen. I think uh, luck is going to run out a little bit here and the 49ers end up winning this game. I also really like George Kittle's props because some of these Eagles injuries are on the line is in the linebacker area. So if the 49ers are going to attack the Eagles where they might struggle this week because of the depth issue, it's going to be right over the middle of the field with George Kittle. So I like the idea of like George Kittle's over yards prop, over receiving yards prop, over longest catch prop, things like that are I think are also sneaky angles as well. I like it. All right, let's go over to the DFS board. Um, okay. I will pull up, I will start to share this screen instead. I want to take it. Hold on. I need to remove my whole lineup from the from the thing before I share my entire lineup. Here, this tab. All right. So here we have the DFS board. Make sure you're watching on the YouTube channel so you can see all the prices and all the players as we go through this. But also let me remind everyone listening to the pod that I am launching a, I guess not launching, I am hosting a private DraftKings DFS contest for this Sunday slate week 13. Uh, Come play against me. I will include the link in the show notes below. So join this contest. It is $10 to enter. I set 25 people as the limit. You could potentially, top two people are going to win. So I think each player is going to take home 100 or over 100 bucks. And in addition to that, Gib, I am giving out a Patrick Mahomes hologram Panini card to the winner. So if you come and win this tournament, reach out to me on Twitter because I will send you a Patrick Mahomes hologram card. Knickknack, Paddywhack, give me Patrick Mahomes. He's not on the slate, but you could come win his Panini card. Uh, Gib, you think you have a chance to win this tournament this week? Uh, I feel like I always have a chance. Uh, the other thing, I, 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 I've doubled my money the first time we did it because it was just a double up. But I last last week was not my best week. I think I came in like second to last. All right. Well, we'll see if you can get back after it this week. But let's go through this board. Jalen Hurts, our guy, as we talk about at the top. Highest spend quarterback on the slate, $8,200. Of course, it is a hard matchup going against the 49ers. We might have the spy of Fred Warner against him. And the other thing I'll say is when I checked this game yesterday, it had 62% chance of rain. Now it's down to 56% chance of rain at the time of this game. 
I don't know how that's going to totally impact it. We saw Jalen Hurts absolutely beast out in the rain last week. He ended up having 14 rush attempts. So it's like there might actually create a nice rushing floor for him. But also the ceiling might be limited if he's in a rain game. CJ Stroud, 8,100, the second highest uh, quarterback on the board. I just want to take a moment to show some respect to CJ Stroud that he's worked his name up to this era, like to this trajectory and this group in class. Good for him. You know, I'm all over the Broncos. You know, I'm fading these Houston Texans injuries. I will not be playing CJ Stroud. Uh, Rounding out the people over $7,000, Herbert uh, in a tough matchup spot against Belichick and the Patriots. That total is 40.5. It's very low. Tua Tagovailoa going against the Commanders. This is a beautiful game script. They rank 32nd against the quarterback. I think a lot of people are going to be playing Tua. And, of course, Kyler Murray going against the Steelers. Murray's always got that rushing floor, but he's going against a tough defense and and an offense that runs the ball a lot. Not a big fan of Kyler Murray on this slate. Gib, out of all these 7,000 and above quarterbacks that we use the cutoff for high spends, is it a clearly Tua and just move on? Yeah, I honestly, I, I, I'm not going to go with any of them in any of my line in, in my lineup here. But if you're going to go high spend quarterback, I think it's Tua. Okay, if you are going to go not high spend quarterback, who are you choosing? I'm actually looking down at Russell Wilson at 5700. Um, I mean, we we've mentioned this before on the pod, like uh, earlier today, but. He's, you know, he's playing really well. The Broncos are playing really well. I think Houston has let up a lot of points. Like, and, and the reason why C.J. Stroud's stats are so great is because they're always in kind of shootouts. And so I think Russell Wilson, with how he's playing, could definitely tear them, tear that defense apart. Um, and, and for 5,700, I think he's, uh, I think he's great value right there. That is a nice value snag in this some decent stack options with that, whether you go with Sutton to have another ridiculous touchdown. There's a nice little tight end stack that we'll get into when we get over there for the Broncos this week emerging. So uh, I think that's, that's a sneaky way to say, instead of playing the CJ Stroud hype, just play the opponent quarterback. You get a huge value break on it and you get the same game script. I like that. I like that. I like that. I thought you were going to go Brock Purdy. Uh, That's probably the direction that I'm going to go. Barring, a, a big weather situation, but uh, if these linebackers are going to be hurt for Philadelphia, I think Purdy is going to be what kind of breaks open this game, and he's going to have a very safe floor at 6,100. I've been playing Purdy a lot in DFS this season. It's been great for me. Uh, I think I'm going to go right back to the well. I think the other few options that are worthy of consideration are just like Derek Carr in this Detroit game is worth discussing. It's just a good matchup. We've seen quarterbacks against Detroit do really well. We saw Jordan Love do that last week. Um, That's kind of the only way. Ritter, if you're getting like really gross and at the bottom, if you want to go with someone with rushing upside, of course, going against the Jets defense, a little bit difficult. Bryce Young, if you want to play into that fired coach theory, if you want to say, oh, Mike did a really smart thing by taking him off the board for his opponent in fantasy. Let me play him in my fantasy. Uh, Bryce Young's interesting. We don't know who's starting between Mac and and Zap. So could it be Bailey Zappy season if you want to pay four thousand eight hundred? Uh, I wouldn't do that if I were you. But it's certainly 
an option. And we see Patriots are preparing to start Bailey Zappi Sunday against the Chargers. They have Woo. to. Mac is Mac is literally atrocious. You texted me last week. It's sad to watch Mac Jones. Yeah, it's. It, it, I felt bad. I'm a Jets fan, and I felt bad for Mac Jones because he looked like just a shell of himself from two years ago. He was good as a rookie, but now going yeah. hindsight, because I know me and you, like, I guess it was before I started the pod, but me and you had a nice Mac Jones rookie of the year, like plus nine hundred or something. Yeah, yeah, and then it was and it was against Jamar Chase, and he was the uh, lead dog going into that final week. Jamar Chase has a monstrous like week seventeen or eighteen, whatever that was, and then completely steals the race and steals the show. I think if we're starting to use hindsight, give, I'm glad we lost that bet. Like it's not worth the money to rewrite history because Jamar Chase should have won that award. Yeah, I mean they were just going to give it to him because he was a quarterback. It would have been just because of his position. Jamar was a more impactful player than that Mac was. Exactly. And you could also go listen to me and you. We have receipts from this year of us talking before this NBA season. I mean, before this NFL season on this very podcast saying, what are we doing taking Bijan rookie of the year? We should be taking Bryce Young and CJ Stroud. So we look like we nailed that grabbing some CJ Stroud at plus 900. That was a, another great one. All right, let's go through the, uh, Running back position, McCaffrey, the highest spend up on the board, $9,000. He is matchup proof, but this might be the one where you start to get a little worried. Gib, I want to get your reaction on that in a second. Uh, rounding out the other over 7,000, Eckler in that gross New England game. Kamara in a nice spot against the Detroit Lions. Raheem Mostert, I don't like this week because not only is he kind of hurt, we also have A-Chain likely back and Jeff Wilson coming on strong. My guy, Kyron Williams, just, I love you, Kyron. That's all I'll say. I don't really love the matchup this week going against the Cleveland Browns. But you know I love you, Kyron. You have single-handedly saved my fantasy season. Uh, A-Chain should not be 6900 That is probably the worst price thing I've seen on the board. And I also think it's just worth talking about the next three because I think they're all really interesting. Derek Henry. Great matchup spot. Two touchdowns last week. Uh, this Titan season might be going in the can, but uh, I think King Henry is still reliable. Jameer Gibbs has been getting great workload the last few weeks. This one might be a game where his full point PPR and DraftKings can keep him afloat. And you talked about it earlier, Gibb. It's going to be hard not to play Bijan Robinson this week. There's flat out 6,700 for someone who, you know, part-time debuts as a Saquon. So going against the Jets, playing in New York, should be a gross game where the Falcons control the ball a lot and potentially have a small lead and run the ball a lot. Bijan looks like, how can you possibly go any other direction? Mm. You like any of these guys? Yeah, I mean, I love Bijan. He's a he's a no-brainer. He's a core four for, he's a core, core guy for me this week. Um, Derek Henry, I'm a little... I'm not as positive on Derrick Henry as you are. Um, but I also love, I love Gibbs. I, I just think like he's coming on strong the last couple of weeks, uh, taking a bunch of reps from, from Montgomery, which I don't love because Montgomery's on my fantasy team. But when you watch Gibbs, you say this guy, this guy's got, got the sauce. Um, so I like, I like being on engineer. Is this a form of nepotism? It is a form of nepotism. Anyone who has a name with GIV in it, is going to be 
one of my favorites every week. I'm going to say Jameer Gibbs is always a. I remember I came into the fantasy season saying, I'm going to spend whatever it takes to get Jameer Gibbs. Then I saw a price tag of $33 and I was like, nah. Yeah, he went for a pricey, uh, maybe, maybe next year. I could, you'll definitely have Gibbs a few years, but listen, Jimmy Graves fun. having Jameer Gibbs in fantasy made all too much sense this year. It didn't end up happening, but eventually it will. It's like Kyle Pitts and Gibby. It comes together sooner rather than later. Um, It'll always happen. <laughs> uh, I do want to say in, 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 what was I talking about? Because of the Derrick Henry uh, situation. The reason why I will not be playing Derrick Henry this week is because one of the most obvious plays on the board is Zach Moss. It's uh, the most obvious. It's it's insane what they're valuing him at right now. Right, because Jonathan Taylor was ruled out after the I think after the weekend or after the slate pricing came out. So the fact that we're getting this at four thousand six hundred and he's going to get full workload against the Titans, who I guess people think they have a really good rush D, but it's kind of not been like that the past this season as much. So Zach Moss is a no fucking brainer. If you're in a cash game, I even think in tournaments, he's going to be hard to fade, even though he's going to have probably like mid thirties roster percentage, which you don't really want to play into in tournaments, but I think it's going to be impossible to fade. Just get him in a cash lineup automatically. And then you don't want to be playing two running backs against each other. That is a hard stack to beat the fantasy math on. Uh, so I would avoid that. And I think Zach Moss is probably the most obvious play on the board. Are there any other really obvious ones? Are you going Jalen Warren or Najee against the Cardinals? Because I think they both have really good matchups. Are you going with a Javante and the Denver Broncos? Who, is there any other running backs that you really like? No, there's no one I really like. I, I mean, I was my two that I that I said I was 100% doing was Bijan and Zach Moss. One that I that I looked at just because of pricing here, and I know the team is terrible, but Ramondre at 6,000. Last week when they had Mac, and Mac was awful, Ramondre still had a touchdown and I think 99 yards. He was like one or two yards away from the 100-yard bonus. He's, in the last couple of weeks, has looked really explosive. So for 6,000, I think he's priced a little low. So if you're trying to maybe for a flex position or something like that, have Ramondre for 6,000, I don't think it's a terrible play. It's just that I don't think new England, their, their offense is not great, but he still put up, he still put up numbers recently. I actually like it a lot. Give 20 carries two weeks ago, 21 carries last week, five targets in both games. I don't think the target share changes with the difference between Zappy. And I really like that. That's a good spot. Uh, I think Jerome Ford is another worthy one to just throw out there because Kareem Hunt might be out this week. Uh, mm-hmm. So playing in L.A. against the Rams, it's honestly, it's not a matchup that scares me going against the Rams, even though they rank eighth against the run. Uh, I would be I would think Ford becomes someone who's going to get really consistent volume when they have no uh, quarterback or receivers there, because I think I think Amari Cooper might be out this week. I think uh, Flacco might be the quarterback. So. Jerome Ford kind of has some sneaky 25 carry type volume in store. Let's go over to wide receivers. A lot of question mm-hmm. mark at the top and a lot of really pricey players. Uh, Tyreek, 9,600. Listen, if you got the money to spend on Tyreek, then go for it. Cause I don't have a single bad thing to say about him. Just make sure he's completely healthy, but it seems like he's going for that 2000 yards. He's very, I don't know if it's on pace or in relative trajectory to get it. So one of these big games is going to come. 
it's kind of fitting for it to come against a 31st ranked defense. A nice little Tua Tyreek stack is interesting. That's why I thought you were talking Jalen Waddle at the start of the show because he's been coming on strong and they have a beautiful matchup this week. So interesting to go with the Miami guys. Uh, Keenan Allen, like I will never pay 9,000 for him, Gabe. I just can't do it. <laughs> like I know he's great. I know he's a full point PPR machine that in DraftKings formats. I know he's been absolutely dominant this year and has stayed healthy i know that the other weapons on the chargers aren't healthy themselves so he might get a higher volume share i just can't pay nine thousand dollars for keenan allen can't do it uh aj brown seems kind of dinged up and that we have um potential rain in this game so i don't love spending up for a pricey situation there I'm on Ross St. Brown, probably the most consistent weapon in the game. Cooper Cup, one of the most consistent weapons in the game. Mike Evans, we call him Gibby's favorite player this year because he's saving his team. Uh, Any of these guys that you like, you can can even extend this list to anyone above 7,000 in the Puka Nakua range. So like Ayuk, Devontae Smith, Pittman. Who's your favorite receiver on this board? If I'm not having any of the Detroit running backs, St. Brown is screaming, put me on the team. Wow. He's screaming it. He's screaming it to me. Um, I He's also destroyed me every time I've played in him in fantasy, so I might be a little biased here, but I think he's really, really talented. They're in the dome. Time for him and, you know, go off to get get going. Um, I think he could be a really great play as a, as a number one receiver. Look at these Look at these fantasy points the last few weeks. 18.5, 21.7, 33.5, 19.8, 26.8, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9, 26.9,
I, I love stacking QB wide receiver. I'm going to go with Sutton in that mid-range is who, who stood out to me. We also have Jerry Judy. Limited practice, did not practice on Wednesday. So if he's banged up, then you're probably going to get a higher target share out of him. Uh, he's for values, we, For values, we need – yeah, he's terrible. Uh, for values, we need to talk about Demario Douglas. Uh, Pop Douglas, mm-hmm. they call him on the Patriots. He's emerging as a very good option. I mean, you're going to have a quarterback change but he's probably the most talented wide receiver on the team. So definitely look there. Uh, Greg Dortch with Kyler. He seemed to have been the number one uh, choice for Kyler this season. It's been a little surprising, but hey, he's lighting it up so you could play into it. Uh, There's a few other situations like Mingo has started to come on strong and we don't know if this fired coach theory, it's a really cheap value. 3,300 and a great matchup is interesting. And then I kind of have this like random gut feeling that Tutu Atwell is going to have a good game. He's going to catch like a bomb touchdown. So if you want to ever go for like a long shot, someone who's really high upside, you grab, you grab, uh, you know, Raheed Shahid or Tutu Atwell type of guy. Uh, any strong values at the bottom of the barrel that you like here, Gib? The only one that I, that we haven't mentioned, and this is especially if Amari Cooper doesn't play, but Elijah Moore at 3,500. Yeah, good call. Good it, call. It, um, he he's an explosive player. I don't, I don't think he gets as many, um, you know, targets. And we don't know who's going to be throwing the rock. So that's another question mark. But he could be the number one wide receiver on a team for thirty five hundred. Is pretty good value. Yeah, if it's Flacco, I think I actually kind of feel comfortable with it. Yeah, I can't believe I said that in twenty twenty December of twenty twenty three. All right, tight end. George Kittle, I'm I'm very okay with it this week. I've said probably 12 weeks on the podcast the last 12 weeks that I don't think George Kittle is really worth paying up for. This is not only a matchup spot against Philadelphia, but Philadelphia is also dealing with injuries on top of it to these key positions that guard the tight end. So if you have the money for Kittle, it's a good week. If you have the money for Laporta, it's a good week. He's going against uh, the New Orleans Saints in a dome with golf. It's a good week. He should provide. If you have the money for Taysom Hill, I mean, it is pricey to pay over 5000 for Taysom Hill, but he is going to have a very good week. Like, he, he's clearly becoming more and more a focal point of this offense. He does a little bit of everything. You can you can rely on that. Dalton Schultz has been absolutely balling. Trey McBride, absolutely balling. So, like, there's actually some spend-ups at the tight end or quote-unquote spend-ups. It's, it's relative to the position that have been doing pretty well recently. It's not as big of a wasteland as it normally is. Uh, I also think Njoku, for the same reason that you just said Elijah Moore, if we have a situation with Cooper out and Flacco playing and going against the Rams who don't have fast linebackers, Njoku is just kind of a monster. Like, he's really fucking good. So I like him a lot, and I've seen a lot of optimizers play him this week. So I think at 4,100, it's where you start to find the best value. Yeah, I mean, I love obviously love Njoku. Um, I Trey McBride has been so good with Kyler that the forty nine hundred, if he's healthy, was the one that I really loved. Yeah, I think he's just been an absolute monster with Kyler. So if he's healthy, I know he's got a question mark on him, um, but I think he'll play. And I think he wants to prove that, like Zach Ertz, now that he's gone, like they won't they won't miss him at all. He's like, this is my this is my position is my team. Let me go out and ball this week. Yeah, I like that. He's been really – I've played him a bunch recently. It's been great. Uh, the only other one that I'll talk about is we have this 
I told you that there was a nice Broncos stack coming. Greg Dolchitz mm-hmm. moving to the IR opens up full room for Adam Troutman to come in. Now, these two have been splitting reps all season in both the pass game and the run blocking game. So it's kind of been a little bit of a mess. I think a lot of people preseason came in thinking Dulcich might be kind of a sneaky good option this year. It has been exactly the opposite way because Troutman has been someone that Sean Payton has been willing to rely on. We have a situation where he's going to run all the routes and at 2,900 in a good matchup in a game that should be a shootout, especially if you're playing Russ Wilson, especially if you're in a tournament playing Wilson, Troutman's a really good option this week. It's just got to be said. Yeah, I like Troutman as a value play. Um, Like the stack play, but I I don't like the stack if I'm also going to have, if I have Sutton already on my team, I'm not going to try and have a double stack. Would you rather Sutton than Troutman? Yes. Okay. If I'm trying value play with the Sutton Russell Wilson stack that I that I'm having, Logan Thomas is who I'm looking at for uh the Washington Commanders. Right. 36. Because you you already save enough money going Russ and Sutton as your stack that you don't need to then right. continue to save money at tight end. That's when you start to have money to spend elsewhere. So you're right. going Logan Thomas. 36, 3,600, still kind of saving money. Um, If I'm trying to go value play tight end, that's not Troutman. That's kind of where I was looking. I think Sam Howell's going to have to toss the ball a ton. Logan Thomas is not his favorite target, but he's still, like, if he had, you know, six catches for 50 yards, I wouldn't be shocked. Or if he got a touchdown, I I wouldn't be shocked at all. Yeah, Howell, Howell throws so much volume, like it's like 40 passes every week, and it's pretty well dispersed amongst them. So, like, if we look up his target share, four, eight, five, six, eight, six, like, that's pretty damn good for a tight end in, in this kind of market. So, yeah, 3,600, Logan Thomas against the Dolphins game script. They might be throwing the whole time. I think that's interesting. Who's... It's Ian Thomas playing running back, I mean, tight end for the Panthers because we have Hayden Hurst out, Tommy Tremble doubtful. So I think Ian Thomas, last person worth discussing. Bryce Young throws to his tight ends. He does. So that's a, it's a it's a very low dart throw option if you're willing to buy into the Bryce bounce back game with the coach firing theory. Uh, defense. A lot of good options this week because we saw the board. All those 30-point point spreads uh, or point totals give us some good defensive options. Is there anyone that brutally sticks out to you on this list, Gabe? I don't think I, I don't think we need to split this up between high spends and low spends because they're all relatively similarly priced. Which one stands out the most to you for defenses on this board? Uh, the one that sticks out. It's oh, I'm always picking defenses for who they're playing against. Falcons are playing against the Jets. The Jets are awful. I like them at 3,400. Um, that's the that's the one the one that kind of stood out to me was the the Falcons defense. So mine's the Colts, uh, 3,200. I just think it's a very smart play to go Zach Moss plus Colts defense. It's a nice stack, and you also get the fade the Will Levis situation where he's going to lob up some balls. Uh, I think Falcons is a very good option. I will be playing the Colts. I like it. Yeah, I'm 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 not against that at all. All right, I think we. I I've seen a lot of optimizers play Broncos because of the how cheap it is. I don't really love that if we're projecting a shootout. Certainly not if you're playing Russell Wilson. You are not playing the Broncos defense. Uh, 
Yeah, the, the Patriots, a few people are on the Patriots. I don't love that. They, they kind of look dead and gone to me. Uh, commanders, Jeez. I mean, if you want to go just like hope you get really lucky, that would be the dumbest thing in the world, but I wouldn't play the Commanders. But 23rd. Did you see what, what? what Jabril Pepper said? No. Uh, he came Michigan off the guy. field. Michigan guy. I forgot who he was dapping up. I think it was Jabril Peppers on the Patriots. And they caught him just saying, you lucky we're, we're so ass. <laughs> to Wait, he's the on the team. Patriots? He's on the Patriots. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah, every, every, uh, you have to be lying to yourself if you don't think the Patriots are horrible this year. I mean, they have been so bad. Um, yeah. All right, quickly before we get out of here, Gabe, can I ask you one other betting question? Yeah. Next week, we have the in-season tournament in the NBA. Mm-hmm. I'm holding a um, Phoenix Suns 11-1. to and a Boston Celtics nine to one ticket to win the in-season tournament. They both yep. ended up making it into the final eight, and so we have a situation where is it? Uh, I think they're already on the yeah here. We have these games already starting to be priced. Celtics are a minus five point favorite uh, in a neutral game court in Vegas against the Pacers. Uh, the Phoenix Suns are two point underdogs against the Lakers neutral court in Vegas. You have they have to win three games and it's single elimination. So we kind of have like mini regular season game sevens in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Would you start hedging off these positions already for a nine to one or eleven to one? Or are you starting to are you letting either of them ride against because the single elimination component makes me like think I should I should hedge sooner, right? It's not a series. If this was a Celtics Pacers series, I'm not touching it. If this is a Suns Lakers series. I'll wait a game or two and see how it plays out. But because it's a one-off, I think I'm leaning towards the hedge sooner rather than later. One one clarifying question is like the Celtics game when they play the first run the first, their game is that at home? No, I think it's all in Vegas, right? I don't or is think it the in whole... Indiana because Indiana is technically the home team on this page right now. Let me look it up. I, I think only the semi and finals are in Vegas. If I'm if if I'm, I don't know where they are. Oh yeah, it 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 says Celtics at Pacers. Huh. Okay, so that's that's very interesting. So if the Celtics are going to be playing in Indiana, that adds another wrinkle where you you'd want to get off the Celtics a little sooner, right? Yeah. Um, if they're away, I I would let the Celtics ride. I would try and hedge off the off the Suns. And then how am I doing that? Am I doing that by taking just to, like, am I doing that just to break even and, and get my one unit back? Or am I doing that to potentially start to be profitable and, and forego some value if they do end up winning the whole thing? I think you, I think you break even here. Yeah, I, I, I think, agree. I, I think the Celtics, uh, this in-season tournament is screaming the Celtics are going to win this. They're playing so fucking well. It's just and the Pacers right now are not playing well. They're playing fast, but they're not playing well. They're scoring a lot of points. They're putting up crazy numbers, but they're losing. They're not like winning right. that much, right? Right. Um, and I think the Celtics, the Celtics first five are so good, it's crazy. 
Yeah, 14 and four Celtics against the money line. So, I mean, the, the only way to play this would be probably playing, unless I don't even think it's worth it to play Pacers plus five because when you're with the Pacers, they score so much of these games. It's either, it's it's a bigger margin of victory either direction because there's so much scoring. So the middle value of getting a plus five doesn't even loom that large. I think you'd play the plus 184 money line and just hedge off of it a little bit. All right, that's probably what I'll do. Um, yeah. Any other thoughts? Any any culminating thoughts on the in-season tournament itself? No, I like it. I think they're, you know, first season, you have to say it's been a success thus far. Uh, players buying in. I think there will be tweaks and the tweaks will be necessary. But I think just like the uh, play-in for the playoffs, like good moves by Adam Silver, smart play. This was always a dull time in the NBA, and I don't think it's dull time anymore. I really, I really think it's been been great. Uh, I actually was surprised. I didn't look this up before, but how short it was. I thought there were more games that went into this. I thought it was going to be like, you know, twenty games were were part right. of the not not this like short amount of time. I was I was shocked. I was like, oh, we're already here. Do you like how short it is, or do you think there should be more? I think it should be more. Um, I, but I don't know. Like, I go back and forth. I'm sure they have these arguments, like, in the NBA boardroom when they're discussing this, like, how long this needs to be. Um, I, I think, I think I it's think the next perfect year be amount of time because this is the point in which most people don't really care about the NBA season, right? Like, mm-hmm. after Christmas, we start picking it up a little bit. When, when football starts to slow down, when March Madness starts to get closer, people start tuning into basketball more post-Christmas. So I think by drumming up this November, early December situation, you're adding so much packed interest into this small window, which is typically where everyone like fades. So I think if you were to like try and have this last for maybe eight games and do it in near the all-star break, it kind of loses its luster a little bit. I, I actually like how they've positioned it. I mean, silver just continues to impress. Yeah, I posed this question, and, and I th- like I agree with what then the ended up doing here and not doing this. But how would you have felt if the Christmas game was the championship game for the in season tournament, so that there's like a big build up to it, and it's like that's the biggest basketball game of the year? Or do you think they made the right decision in saying like keep Christmas as Christmas? It's going to be big regardless, but let's add another big day and have the championship be a different thing. You answered your own question within the question. Uh, it's very clear the reason why they are not doing that is because Christmas basketball is already a big day, right? Yeah. They already get, and I think you already get who we, who do we have on Christmas? These games are those games were already priced. It's it's Nuggets Warriors. It's it's yeah. you know you're getting all the stars to come out where you don't know who's going to advance. We might have a Pacers Kings in season tournament final. So if a Pacers Kings was the spotlight debut on a Christmas game. And not too many people besides me and you who are huge NBA fans are truly tuning into that to watch it. So I think the NBA did the right thing by separating it because they realized we already cover, we already have a big market share on Christmas. Let's get another big market share early in December. But from a fan perspective, from like me and you, because we know we're massive fans, it would be a nice culmination to bring it all together. I, I agree. I think the, uh, I think the group's, need to be the divisions. I think it's the dumbest thing in the world that it's not Celtics, 76ers, Knicks, Nets, Raptors in the same group. I think it, why are we putting the magic and the Celtics and what I, I just think it's 
mixing and matching them based off of a formula that uses last season's regular season win totals and that to try and divvy it up for fairness. I think that's kind of pointless. Let's start to brew some rivalries to say like, ooh, you know, the 76ers want to say next year, oh, the Knicks and the Celtics both made it from our division. Like the Celtics won it. The Knicks got the wild card. So this year we really want to go after it. And then it would emphasize some early season games and bring back maybe some rivalries in the NBA between these teams, at least in a regular season sense. So I think that's one thing that should be done. I also think from a branding perspective, Gib, last thing, and then we'll get out of, get out of here. We have to call this N- the NBA regular season game seven because you have four games in the in in the group stage regular seat part of it, and then you have three kind of semi one off playoff rounds. So the final game of this whole thing will be a winner take all seventh game in the kind of whole contest that they put together. So I think the NBA has to brand it as a game seven because there is nothing better in basketball than a game seven. Yeah, I I think they're not branding it that because they're going to sell the naming rights. Yeah, next year it'll be the Black Enterprise NBA in-season tournament presented by the Graves family. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be something crazy like that, you know? All right, uh, let's get out of here. You got uh, some golf to play with some NBA players. I got uh, some, some podcast editing to do. Uh, thank you, as always, for the time. People, remember to tune in to that DraftKings tournament. Come play against me and Gibby in NFL DFS. That link is in the show notes. Sign up for my Substack. Follow me on Twitter. Rate, review, subscribe to the pod. All that normal good stuff. Thank you as always. Peace out. Yeah, baby, baby.